whatever. You have good days and bad days, and I'm just feeling it tonight. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, I'm not off to a great start by already saying the wrong day for the show, but I'm going to blame the typo that was in the underwriting. It threw me off. <laughs> I'm blaming the typo. Um, but that's that. That's my excuse. But I'll tell you, it still's got a little ring to it. But yeah, Sunday night, uh, it is time for the sports phone here on KZYX. Jim hanging out down in the studio. I'm in Portland. I, are we ready to get started already? This, that might be the shortest, uh, shortest opening segment we've ever we've ever done in the history of the show. Unless you got well, something to say. I've to got yourself. some. I got some predictions tonight. Like, I think we're gonna have a whole new listening audience tonight because yeah. of, because of our special guest. He's going to be from Lake County. Before I, before, just in case those people, Jer, um, in Lake County have never heard our show, explain what the show is. Yeah. So, uh, people that are new to the sports zone, Jim, I actually, it's funny. I was, I just thought of what I should have done for our opening segment. We're going to have to save it for next week because we're <laughs> past it at this point. I had a homeowner update that I think you would have, you would have scolded me a little bit for, but we'll have to, we'll have to do that next week. Oh, um, I might ask you later. Go ahead. Yeah. So people that are new to the sports phone, uh, very simply put, this is an open forum sports talk show. Uh, Jim and I are sports fans. We were athletes at different points in our lives, and we were also have been coaches throughout our lives. And we like to talk about sports. We talk about it a lot off the air. So we like to spend this one hour a week bringing that conversation onto the airwaves of KZYX. And more important than that, opening up the lines to you, the listeners, to call in and talk about anything you want to talk about going on in the world of sports. That can be college, pro, high school, international, rec league, controversies, questions, topics, Anything as long as it is sports related, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Jim and I want to hear about it and we look forward to talking about it here on the show. We are going to get the phone lines open in a little bit, but we've got some stuff to take care of first. We do have a guest, but before we even get to that, uh, we do have a couple other things to talk about. Jim, we are still in the middle of the pledge drive. You have all the notes. I do not. Why don't you go ahead and get us up to speed on what's going on uh, and uh, kind of set the table for any new listeners that maybe listen for the first time about what this fundraiser is all about. Well, um, this station has bought a building and it's moving to Ukiah, which you people listening from Lake County, if it's fuzzy at all, a year from now, when we move into the new station in Ukiah, it's not going to be fuzzy anymore. I think it's going to take us all the way to Williams. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, we're trying to raise $150,000 in two weeks, um, which will tack on to a million-dollar fund they need to build this new studio. They purchased the land. They've got a mortgage. Uh, they need to do the renovations, turn it into the state-of-the-art, moving from Philo to Ukiah. This time last week, we were at about 30-some thousand dollars. Right now, we're at $120,218. We have $29,782 to go. All I can say is, if you're listening, you like what you hear, please call, donate 10 bucks, donate 20, donate 120, donate 1,020, whatever you can give. This station is working on a shoestring. It's working its way up. It's doing better every year. That's all I got here. Um, we're, we're not answering phones tonight, taking in, um, we're not taking um, pledges. If you want to pledge, either go to the kzyx.org website, click on donate now. If you're there, click on donate, fill out a form, send some money if you can. But with that, 
we're going to start the show and we are going to talk sports and we do have a guest we haven't had one in a little while looking forward to it jim threw out the guest net it landed in lake county and who are we talking to this week that net landed right on middletown and when, whenever you talk about lake county or lncl1 sports I like to say it's sort of like Mendocino and NCL3. You know, we're a pretty big school in that division. And even when we have a lousy year, we usually can finish one, two, or three. And I, I see the same with Middletown. Every time I look, every time I talk to Tim Anderson or my friends in Fort Bragg or... It, it seems that Middletown is in there at every sport. So it's one of the it's one of those things where, like, because we grew up on the coast. It was like Fort Bragg, Mendo, Point Arena, all that stuff. But, like, over there... Like Middletown is just doing their thing, being one of the most consistent sports programs, not in any one sport, but it's just, as you said, it seems like every year they're good at something, if not everything. We have a very interesting guest tonight. His name is Tyler Holt, Jer. And the interesting stat about Tyler I'm going for is, you know how many coaches we've had, like Tim Anderson, he 17 years, all these championships, and we had that woman from Cloverdale that what she won 30 titles in a row or something whatever mm -hmm. i think we have the youngest varsity coach i've ever heard of varsity here. baseball coach just varsity baseball coach yeah. um he's 25 years old he went to middletown uh played four years of high school uh, uh, uh baseball and four years of college baseball came back to middletown you got to give someone credit for that is now the varsity boys coach leading ncl1 tyler are you there yes i am this is Tyler Holt. Um, if I said anything wrong, let me know. Jerry, I'm going to let you start the interview. So, Tyler, I guess just to get started first, I'm really looking forward to this. I always love having guests on the show. 13-10 uh, and 10 overall, 12-1, first place in league. I guess to get started and kind of set the table and then we really go wherever, I guess how did we get to this point? Like kind of if you had to kind of think about summarizing your year so far, uh, what, what stands out and kind of how did you get to where you are wrapping up or getting close to the end of the season now? Uh, you know, a little bit of mix of, you know, we had a, a pretty big preseason, some pretty tough competition, you know, big schools, D3 schools, D4 schools, um, guys like Justin Siena and St. Bernard's, you know, we had some pretty big competition for the kids in the very beginning. Um, I think some of those harder games kind of drove them and their hard work and dedication was awesome uh to say the least you know they put in a lot of a lot of hard work they've dedicated everything to the sport of baseball and they you know they've poured their hearts into it they the boys love their sports and they're very competitive and, you know they just drive every day to get better and give it their all and they you know they have they, they've come a long way and they've taken everything that they've learned and put it straight into straight into their play and managed to get themselves up into first place in league so on that note, it's just it's funny, like every great team I've ever been a part of, it was really clear, like, this is the way they play or identity, if you want to use that word. How would you summarize? Like, if, if I had never watched you guys play and I show up to watch a Middletown baseball game, what am I getting myself into in terms of how you guys are going to play? How would you summarize the identity of your team? Uh, you know, like I said, they're very competitive um, when they play. They definitely play aggressive. You know, they're giving their they're giving their hundred percent, and if they don't or they make an error or you know they don't have the best at bat, they get upset about it and they turn around and they try and figure out how to fix it. So they're always constantly 
you know, playing to the best of their ability at every given moment. And if they don't, then they want to know how to change it. That's got to um, so just... come from a 25-year-old coach, Tyler. How do you get through to these kids? They're, some of them are, heck, you probably grew up babysitting some of these kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been, I've been around quite a few of them uh, in the community. I played with some of their siblings or, you know, both. Uh-huh. Uh, definitely been around a majority of the guys on this team. And, you know, it has its pros and cons. Oh, um, that's for sure. Being close in age, you know, sometimes I'm viewed more as a friend than a coach, and it kind of makes uh-huh. it harder to, you know, to have some coaching moments in certain situations. But I also, you know, given my experience and them knowing me and my experience, they kind of have a little bit more respect for for that aspect of it, and they take in everything that they get, and they try to utilize it. And, you know, they, they give it a shot. They see what you know, what it, it could do for them. And then we go from there. When I, when I, uh, when we were in our little uh, pre-show warm-up, I heard something at the last minute. And I think you said that when you were in high school, your dad was a varsity boys coach. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. He was JV for four years up until I moved up to varsity. And then he went up with me. Very interesting, and, and I, I got I squeezed it right in there at the end, Jer. Is that something you and Tyler had? That could be a whole other conversation. Uh-huh. Jerry played for me, who I'm Jerry's father. You played for your dad. Jer, real quick, what are the downsides of playing for your dad? Tyler, you think of an answer. Go, Jer, first. Oh, boy. The, down, the downside? Playing for is me. It you're yeah. asking? I, I think the biggest downside is that, like, if you have a, for me, it was that if you had a practice where you got upset or you got mad at the coach, you don't get to leave them afterwards. Like it, I'm not, I wasn't done with practice that I didn't have to see you again until the nef- next practice. I had to sit in a car with you on the way home. So I, I think the biggest downside to it was when there was tension, you didn't get to get away from it, but, but, that would be the like it's kind of a general answer I think, but that's the biggest downside that I had to it was just, there was there was no avoiding the awkward conversations. Does that sound right, Tyler? Absolutely, that would definitely be one of them. <laughs> you got a, you got a better one? Uh, um, I would probably say you know uh, not really for me, but for my dad. You know, being a being a coach and your kid playing. You know, there's that aspect where a lot of parents say, like, oh, you know, uh-huh. the coach's kid is this, the coach's kid that, he's playing this, he's doing that, whatever. Um, and regardless of if they have the skill to do it or or not, um, you know, they get it no matter what. And uh, we kind of had a couple issues with that as well. I was a starting pitcher when I was in high school, and there were, you know, there was some talk, and we, and we actually had all the kids together at one point, and, you know, they were – Hey, who's pitching? Who do you guys want to pitch? Who do you guys want to play here? Who do you want there? Like, and then, you know, we would do like a team voting thing to, huh. you know, try and show that we weren't doing that kind of thing. Hmm. That's interesting. So you started out slow, and then it seems like you're cruising through league. Actually, when Jerry was really reading the stats, it sounds to me like you have a championship game on Tuesday. I mean, Kelseyville has one loss to you, I assume. St. Alina. St. Alina. Oh, Kelseyville lost to St. Alina, and you lost to Kelseyville? <laughs> yes, our one loss is to Kelseyville in the first half of the season. And you're playing them? No, St. Alina. I yeah, give we up. play St. Alina on Tuesday. 
St. Helena's on Tuesday. Yeah. Jim, I think you overthought this. Middletown and St. Helena both have one loss, and they play each other on Tuesday. Oh, I was thinking Kelseyville. Okay. <laughs> Got it. So that could be the championship game. Where is that game? That game will be in St. Helena. Sounds like the weather's going to clear up for that one. It should be should be a nice one. Hmm. Absolutely. And if I remember right, St. Helena's got the nicest fields of any school in the world, it seems like. Uh, <laughs> I do believe so. I believe they have a turf field. And definitely out of our league, it's probably one of the best fields we've got. <laughs> hey, when I went to St. Helena, a school of 400, 500 kids, um, they had a practice gym. <laughs> we were lucky to have one gym. Uh, go ahead, Jer. So, yeah, I guess Tyler, on on that note, to kind of go back to the success part, uh, I, I was went back and looking at the schedule, and we were talking about this a little bit before the show. Uh, not the not the best start in terms of win losses. Like you guys lost six out of your first seven. And one thing I found just being around small school basketball, even small school basketball in Mendocino. Like, that's not uncommon, I think, for teams in our league and teams in your league to have a bumpy start because you do want to play higher-level competition to kind of get ready for league play. And I know you talked a little bit about strength of schedule, making sure, you know, before the show. Can you talk a little bit just about the beginning of, of the season and going through a rough patch and how it made the team better? Like, I assume it made a team as competitive as you as you've described your group want to win even more having that slow of a start. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, I, yeah, I did say the, you know, strength of schedule is, is big right now. You know, they want to, they want to see you play bigger and better schools. So we, we pack our preseason with Justin Siena and uh, St. Bernard's games like Fortuna and Arcata, um, you know, those, those bigger and better schools um, playing against them in the beginning. They, they definitely live up to the reputation. You know, they're, they're always usually pretty good. Uh, if not better, uh, teams to play. And, you know, losing losing against teams like that, it's not, it has its ups and downs. You know, we don't want to lose. Nobody wants to lose. Uh, but it's definitely like that learning experience. You get to play the higher level, you know, better teams and make you better. Uh, you find out where you're going wrong and you push, getting that loss pushes you to want to make it right and get better. Uh, so I, yeah, that that beginning was definitely rough, but I definitely think it had a good impact. You know, everybody wanted to get better. They didn't like that they lost, and good, they good, wanted good. to do better. Some players, Tyler, and definitely most coaches, they know where they stand. Where do you stand in D four? Where do, if there was a seating meeting, five. To, oh, you're D five. No. Yeah. No, I think we're D four. They're D four. Oh, it's D four. Okay, yeah. Okay, I might. Um, where where would you stand in D four if the playoffs were tomorrow? 10th, 12th, 8th, what do you think? I think we were sitting 11th um, yes. for our, our section. Um, so we, we would be down there just a little bit, not too high up, um, but I think we'd be sitting around 11th. Good stuff. So, Tyler, I had one other question, and this is not one we prepped you for, but I'm curious what your answer to this is as a, as a younger coach. Because I, I coached a freshman basketball team up in Oregon this year, and I'm a little bit older than you, but I was still younger. Are there – so I, I guess setting the table for this question, one of the things I noticed coaching high school basketball nowadays is there are trends in the larger game of basketball – that have kind of trickled their way down into the high school level and specifically like 
the way the game is played a lot on offense that it's almost like coaches in certain ways are they feel like they're obligated to shape their team around the trends that you see at the larger pro and high level kind of levels of, of basketball. Do you feel that or see that at all in baseball? Like, are there trends that you experienced playing pro or in college or that you just observed about the game at high level that have trickled down and kind of for better or worse forced them into smaller level high school baseball? If that question makes sense at all. Yeah, no, it does. Uh, I mean, I think trends have kind of trickled down regardless when kids, you know, watch pro or college players, they see different stances. They want to change for hitting or Uh they see different plays made, uh, and they want to try and make them out in the field. I think that's always kind of been a thing. Uh, but I, I do see that uh, kind of kind of come down into high school baseball. And, and I just kind of, I try to break it and keep it simple. You know, we're, we're high school. We're, you know, we're not making millions. What about show, showboating you know? and tossing the bat? And, you know, in basketball, there's people are doing dances after they make a three nowadays, which was unheard of when I was playing. I played high school, college, and professional basketball, and none of that was done, in, in, you know, back in the 70s and 80s. Do you have to, are there rules in high school? Do you have to discipline kids from not sh- showboating too much? Uh, we do have some rules against it. Uh, I guess we had an issue last year for varsity. Uh, it's just, I don't know about showboating so much as celebrating right. at the plate with the whole team out of the dugout after a home run. Hmm. Uh, something like that. We do have to kind of keep a lid on that a little bit and try and keep them back away from the plate. Hmm. Uh, but as far as, you know, flipping the bat after a home run or something like that, and as long as it's not excessive, uh, they don't really pay any mind to it. For sure. Okay, For sure. Tyler Holt, your favorite sports memories of all time. We ask this to every guest we have. It can be a player, it can be a coach, it can be a player, it can be a fan, whatever. Right. I had I had two uh, come to mind. Um, you know, my first one would be when I was a player. Uh, I was at my four-year over in Texas, Jarvis Christian College. Um, you know, being from being in such a small town, and despite having you know quite a bit of talent in our community, we don't get a lot of recognition for recruiting. You know, nobody really knows who we are where we are um, when they take a look at some of our athletes. Um, and it definitely makes it harder for our athletes to move on to next levels. You know, extra work, you got to reach out more often, more coaches, more, you know, do a lot more just to be seen and be able to get somewhere. And, you know, I, I managed to get over to a school and get out into a four-year and go play. And to have the chance to represent my hometown in conference playoffs as a you know a starting pitcher is just incredible. Wow. Um, you know, wow. we ended up in conference tournament as a sixth seed, and we beat the number one seed of LSU Shreveport. Moved on, got into the third game, and you know, I got to I got to make the start and, and represent my hometown and you know our program, and uh, ended up throwing a complete game shutout to make us three and zero and solidify us a spot in regional playoffs. So it was it was a fantastic experience that I'll I'll never forget. Never gonna forget that one. Never. Hmm. Um, and you, my you second, got a second one? Yeah, go for it. I do. Uh, that one actually was this year. Um, at our first face-off against Clear Lake High, 
uh, in this year's league. You know, we started off the game down seven to zero in the first few innings. And, oh wow! Yeah, it's it's never something that you really want to see. You know, especially as a coach. Uh, but instead of giving up, you know, the boys rallied back. Uh, they locked their defense down and started chipping away with the bats. They scored three, and then another three, and then came their breakaway. You know, I watched as their bats came alive. Um, two of my players, who are usually line drive contact hitters, hit back to back home runs in an inning. Nice. And, you know, yeah, as a coach, that's that's everything to me. Uh, oh. I never want to see them give up. I don't want to see them lose. They put in so much work as you know, as they pour their heart into it. Like I said before, and you know, obviously, you win some and you lose some, uh, and it makes for a valuable lesson. You know, nobody is untouchable, and they have to continue putting in their work. Uh, but to see them step up while down by seven was nothing short of amazing and they definitely earned the win there yeah i'm, ha- I'm, ha- I'm happy with anyone beats clear lake jer <laughs> that, <laughs> you can't listen you can't bring your personal coaching rivalries into the larger into the larger oh, yes. scenario. oh yes i can it's my I show it. i can i'll bring it in oh i love it i love it hey tyler thank you so much for spending some time with us uh good luck Next week, finishing up the season, and we'll definitely be keeping an eye on you throughout the playoffs as well. Absolutely. I appreciate it. And hey, thank you for having me. Thanks, yeah, Tyler. It was a blast. It was a blast. 707 895 We uh we open up the phone lines. Jeff. Okay, if we Yeah, if, if we have a call, go ahead. If not, I was gonna say one thing. No, go ahead. No calls, but I'm just saying we're we're open for calls. I'll get back to the show as soon as you wrap wrap that up. I do want to say um, anyone from Middletown calls and have anything to add um, to Tyler's uh, stories there. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, this, that this was thing. great. Well, no, it's it's it's, it's funny, Jim. I, I remember I was thinking back, like trying to remember my like memories of Middletown and Middletown athletics. And yeah. the one that stands out the most to me is that there was a point in my high school life when we were really, really into Fort Bragg football because Mendo didn't have a football team. Right. So like me and some of my buddies on Friday nights, we went to Fort Bragg to right. watch Fort Bragg football games. And I remember they had a year, it was either my junior or senior year, that they were, it was them or Middletown was going to win the league. And I remember we had like a legitimate conversation, our group of friends because Fort Bragg was going to Middletown to play in like the league championship game for football. And we had this like legitimate conversation of, are we going to go to Middletown and watch this game? Because we, we, we really thought about doing it. And then we decided it was too far of a drive. But like, I, I only reason I tell that story is it again, kind of goes back to what, which is what we talked about was like that Middletown is just, they're over there doing their thing. And they're always good. It seems like they're competitive in every sport. So, yeah, really glad we we had that conversation. It was it was super fun. And wish them the rest of uh, best of luck the rest of the way uh, in the baseball season. Let me take a so, call, Jer. Yeah, let's do it. Yep. Hello, you're on the air. Oh, thanks so much. Um, we're talking about American football, yes. Whatever um, you want to talk about. Oh, I want to talk about American football, and I, I want to recommend or suggest an innovation which I think would radically improve the skill level of the game, I love make it. it more competitive yes. and more entertaining. Yes. So, as you can probably imagine, I'm from uh, from the British Empire, British <laughs> from England, British Isles. Okay. So, as you probably know, I'm sure your listeners know, rugby originated in uh, rugby school in England around 1855, I think, although the origins go back into medieval times. Um, The game became very popular as an amateur game. It was really a character-building game. 
competitive, etc. Um, in the British public, or what we call the private school system in Britain. Right. Anyway, the game, the game spread to the British Empire, New Zealand, um, Australia, South Africa. It then spread to Italy, France, Polynesia, Spain, the Basque Country, and so on. Um, and then around, as you know, the late 1800s, um, it, um, the, the America and Canada uh, took the game into, into what is called gridiron football. I'm sure you're familiar with that, mm-hmm. where the, the playing field is lined into grids. So that's a little bit of background. So here's the innovation I want to suggest. Um, and it comes from rugby itself, um, which is obviously now a global competitive sport. So here's the thing. Um, when there's a touchdown, or what we call in Britain a try, um, mm-hmm. the, uh, when the touchdown happens, you know, which is a big event, then the ball is taken uh, back between the posts of the, of the goalposts, and the kicker then kicks it between the, the posts, which, if you think about it, is a relatively easy task. It's what I call a foregone conclusion. It's mm-hmm. easy to convert that touchdown. So in rugby football, there's a very different kind of rule. And I think it would make a huge difference to the experience and entertainment of American football. So here's, the, here's how it works. In rugby, wherever the touchdown occurs on the finish line, the ball is brought back in parallel to the sideline as far as the kicker wishes. And then from there, the kicker then attempts to convert the touchdown. Um, and you can imagine, for example, let's say that the touchdown occurred, say, f- within five feet of that corner post. Mm-hmm. Then the kicker would bring the ball in parallel to that sideline as far back as he wishes in order to kick from that position, which would be an angle, down in order to go through the post. And that makes it way, way more interesting way more skill-based. And the the important principle here is that the kick would have to be... The kicker would bring it back so to minimize the angle that the the kick would need to uh, take place in order to go through the post. Of course, if the... um, if the, the touchdown occurred between the posts, then the kicker would obviously bring the, the ball back between the posts. But the, the innovation, basically, is, to, um, is for the kicker to kick the ball from uh, that, that position on the finish line back in parallel. And that would make way, way more, um, it would mean much more skill for the kicker. And it would increase, obviously, the uh, the competitive um, experience. And I think for the fans, it would make the game way more interesting. So, caller, it's, it's funny, but the immediate thought I had when you were talking about this was, uh, so in like the NFL's, like it, they have like their their All Star event kind of thing. They do a, like there's a kicking competition where it's basically like a kicker. It's, it's horse for kickers, basically, where they, they do a uh-huh. kick and then the other kickers have to duplicate that. And that's one of the things that I, you see a lot in that event is the kickers do these like wild angle kicks where, they, yes. where they're putting really unnatural, not unnatural, but a kind of spin or like arc on the ball 
that you're not used to seeing in a regular game. So my immediate reaction to it was like the kickers are, are absolutely capable of something like this. Like, yeah, well, that's very interesting. Tell me, so in this particular, is this like a, um, this isn't actually in the game itself, I would imagine. But no, no, no. So, so it, basically, it, tell me, just tell part, me, is, is, the, is the ball always placed uh, back from between, you know, on between the two posts? No, so it's it's placed so in this event that they do it, it's again yeah. it's kind of like the af, right before the final game of the year they yep. basically have a bunch of uh, like skills competitions um, uh-huh. like for for different position groups and one and the one that the kickers do is basically one kicker will will kick a field goal and he can kick it from basically anywhere on the field right. and right. then and then the other kickers have to try to replicate that and if they don't. They basically get they get kicked they get knocked out. It's like an elimination competition. I got it. And, so this is like a yeah. knockout competition, which is kind of entertaining. Yeah, I yeah. What and I'm so, recommending here is that is that following the original and and, and still laws or rules of rugby football um, is that that becomes that's an institutionalized rule. It's a rule so that wherever the touchdown occurs. Now, clearly, from the point of view of the of the team, they would want to get the touchdown between the posts as close as possible as they could. But of course, the opposing team, mm. the defending team, is going to block that and try and push them to the edge. Um, so, the competitive advantage here is for the uh, defending team to block, if you will, uh, that possibility. But in, but the, the rule here is that wherever the wherever the uh, the touchdown occurs on that finish line, the ball is then brought back uh, in parallel to the sideline. That is the rule, and then you know, um, and then of course the kicker is going to try to minimise that angle uh, mm-hmm. wherever that is. But it makes it makes for a way way more competitive game, and I believe it would uh, it would it would it would it would improve the game enormously. Well, there you have it. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. This gentleman. I, I'm all for it. Well, I, I'm all for trying stuff. I'm like, for anything like, that'll general. make make football more interesting. Right. And, and Just try it. What I, what I like about it is, I, I think we need to do anything to make the point after touchdown more exciting. Yes. So, so I agree that yeah. that gimme that's the it's like someone shooting a layup in basketball and getting an extra point for it. Exactly, it's, exactly. It's too easy. Exactly. Yeah, thanks. Nicely, nicely put, gentlemen. Well, uh, thanks it's a for great the great game, and also a gr- this is a great program, by the way. Uh, you guys do an amazing job, and uh, thank you so much for promoting not only um, sports but also sports in our county. Thank you. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. The the lines are open. I've always said, Jared, that something's got to be better than the kick after. You know, if they made the point after touchdowns harder, like this gentleman is is suggesting, I think we would go for the. Um, they go for two more. I think yeah. I, I'd like which is to why see- that that was the logic behind moving the kick back like ten yards or whatever they did, but. I've heard some people say that's even easier. I don't know. If, if I, I have always been a fan of the idea because arena football does this where the goalposts are just skinnier. <laughs> so I, really? I would be in favor of that. Like, let's just tighten that window up a little bit. So anything to make them do something, maybe even give them more points, you know, for the when, when like you the go further for- back, you kick it, the more points you get. Or something like that. Like yeah, up to three and, points. And, and maybe even get a few, maybe get three or four points for the uh, 
for the point after touchdown if you don't kick it and you try to go for it. I, yeah, I, I'm all for trying stuff in professional sports. I guess that's in general, like my thought on that is I'm all for experimenting and, and doing different things. Well, here's another so, interesting one. <clears throat> Let's say the kick is the kick and that that's easy. How about you can place the ball anywhere and, and and go for the point after touchdown by not kicking it. If you set it at the ten yard line, you get so many points. Oh, sure, sure, sure. If you set it at the twenty yard line, so if you're down four and you want to go for your point after touchdown from the thirty, you can catch up and t- anything to make I that feel, more interesting. I feel like That's one of the failed like new football leagues tried something like that. Huh. I, I don't know, remember why that stands out, but maybe it was like one of the iterations of the XFL. I feel like they tried something along those lines. Um, well, when I, there were some really interesting rules in some of those fail, failed leagues uh, that I thought were not not terrible ideas. I, I thought that there were some good ones there. 707-895-2448. We're about halfway through the show here on a Sunday evening. Give us a call if you've got anything you want to talk about going on in the world of sports. 707 895 Two four four eight, and you are on the sports phone. Hello, hello, hello. So first of all, hi. So first this, of all, I'm just going to say that um, is this a doctor in the house? Is there a doctor in the house? Uh, no, it, no, no. Oh, this okay. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry, keep going, caller. Okay, um, thank you for recognizing Middletown Sports tonight. You're welcome. But, that was awesome. And as the um, mom of Middletown athletes that have come through over the last 20 plus years, and wow. um, now the grandma of Middletown athletes that are coming through, <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to our fan base. Our Middletown fans, parents, grandparents, students, student body, administration has always been amazing. And there's times we go to games and totally outnumber the home team fans. So <laughs> I love it. I just want to say good job, Mustang fans, and keep up the good work because it's showing in our kids. And and caller, I'll I'll say as a as a small school high school sport participant playing at Mendocino, there is nothing better than that. And I, I'd say going beyond school support, that community support for small schools. Like I, I coach right now at a really, really big high school in like kind of Portland suburbs. It's a, just a different feeling that compared to the small school community support that gets behind a school like a middle town, like a Mendocino or something that size. There's there's nothing like it. It's super, super special. You know, it's, it, it is it, very cool. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. This may be the answer to the. The question that, you know, Tyler, you know, we proposed to him sort of out saying, how come Middletown's always in the running? Maybe it's the energy of the the town, the administrators that get the kids interested early. Maybe it's the whole thing, not just Middletown High School. You know, there's we have um, we don't have malls in Middletown. So the kids on the weekends are on the basketball courts and they're on the football field and they're out at the baseball field and they're out playing soccer. And that's, that's what they do. And that's what they're raised with. And so, and it's, it's like a large family, you know, it's, um, we have a lot of kids that are playing now that, um, 
whose parents played and whose grandparents played. And so they it's in their blood. They've, they've lived the purple and gold blood. So I just, it's, it's just awesome. And thank you for just recognizing that we're here and uh, that we are strong because we are. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was a pleasure. Thanks for that call. We'll find it. If there's there's good sports out there, we'll find it. Absolutely. Thank you, Middletown. Hello, call. You're on the air. Hello, someone there? Yeah. Turn down your radio. All right. Call, you're on the air. You got to talk. Oh, hey, what's up? What do you got for us? Uh, I just want to talk about uh, my coach, Tyler. Oh, cool. Is this a, this a player on Tyler's team? Yes, there it is. Nice. So give us give us the give us the give us all the secrets. What's what's Coach Tyler like? Tell us all about him. Uh, I mean, he's, he's he's a smart guy. He's he's played baseball a long time. Um, he's got a lot of. A lot of uh, fundamental things that a lot of coaches haven't taught, huh. and uh, helps it out helps us out a lot. And a lot of uh, you know, this situational stuff that helps us win games. It, is that what you would say is kind of like? Because the, the way I was trying to think about it I was like, what's the what's the biggest thing that you've learned from them? Is the, would you say that's what it is? Kind of there's there's situational stuff about the game that he's helped you think about in a different way or, or is there anything that really stands out? Like the, the biggest thing you learned from him this year? Uh, well, he's, I've, I've played travel baseball. I've learned a lot of stuff, but, uh, it's just like the little things that he's critiqued me on has helped me a lot through the year. Like just, just little things that I haven't noticed before that he's noticing and he teaches me it and it's helping me out either with the bats or me catching behind the plate, stuff like that. Oh, I love so, uh, it. I love it. Yeah, he, well, <laughs> good luck, caller, in the playoffs. We're going to follow you guys. What I suggest, if, if Tyler's still listening or if Grandma grandma Fan that just called, if, if she's still listening, <laughs> someone call us up next Friday and please tell us how Middletown does in this uh, championship sure. game on Tuesday against St. Helena. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Jim, Jim, Jim do we have any other calls in, in at right, the moment? Not right now. Okay, can I tell one more Middletown story? Go ahead. <laughs> and you're what well, this is the Middletown show, I guess. But and you're part of this one, so we never played Middletown in basketball because they were bigger than us, and it was just a little too far out of our way in Mendo to justify, I think, setting up a trip to play them. But do you remember how much fun it was to hang out with those guys the year that they came to like a Fort Bragg summer league tournament? It was Willits and. It was in Willits. You're right. It was in Willits. But yeah. just they they happened to be there. And I don't remember any names, really any specifics, other than they had a little point guard. Little maybe point like guard. five, six, five. Yeah. But let, was, let, me, let me see if you're going to say this little point guard you're talking about. Looks like he could have been a linebacker, but he was dominating he the was game. Built, <laughs> but he was like five, six. He was like five, six, five, seven, but built like a truck. I know. And, and I guarantee he was either a linebacker or a safety on the football team. But that was just something that stood out. And I think it goes to what Tyler was talking about, what that other caller was like, that group was just so much fun to hang out with during that summer. Yeah. Like, cause we were there for a full weekend. Just play, we played against them. We watched them play. Like it was, that was so much fun. It might be I, I the only it well. time. It might be the only time you and I ever played against. Yeah. Or, or were you playing for Fort Bragg? I was, no, I was playing with Fort Bragg. 
at that point. That's right. So we yeah. never played Middletown, even in a even in a summer tournament. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 707-895-2448. We got Middletown on the line. Um, we're taking calls. We're trying to raise money for the station. I'm uh, I'm just hanging in here, Jared. Should I move on to this day in sports? Yeah, well, I mean, it's we got about 10, 15, yeah, 18 minutes left on the show here. Give us a call if you've got anything you want to talk about. 707-895-2448. More Middletown stuff, any pro topics, college <laughs> topics, anything you want to talk about going on in the world of sports, give us a call, 707-895-2448. Yeah, I mean, Jim, time. Call, call you're on the air. Okay, perfect. Call you're on the air. <laughs> well, if this isn't the show to to get people to donate to KZYX. I mean, you got your community <laughs> building right here. Yeah. <laughs> taking, it a, taking it a whole county over in community building. I love it. Uh, you got any Middletown stories? Uh, I, we went to Middletown once for a track meet, but that wasn't um, anything to really tell a story about. It was, you know, um, good athletes. It was, there was actually people there supporting, the. you know, you don't get a lot of people... Even parents that you know that are kind of rowdy at a track meet, but they were very loud and very supportive. Um, but I don't really have a great Middletown story besides that. We never played him in anything other than uh, track and field. So, but um, it is way out there. It, it did get me thinking. Like Jerry, when you said you and your buddies decided not to go, how I, I got I got to figure out. I would love for for an AD to call in and let us know like how difficult has it become justifying school buses for some athletes. I know some sports only do parent driving, but cause some, we live in places we had to drive three hours both ways to get to Coblo and back on a bus or whatever. With gas prices the way they are, I'd be curious to see how our small schools are managing that. It's, I, it's the thing that knows? stands out to me about that. Sorry, just to jump in even more than like how they're handling that is... Well, I, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. Like, how do fans get there, right? Like, if kids want to go watch, it's not exactly easy for Fort Bragg football fans to go, if you're a student, to go watch Middletown play or to go watch Fort Bragg play Middletown or something like that. And I had so much perspective brought into it as a coach this year when, you know, West Lynn's playing Lake Oswego, and that's a five-minute trip down the road. So it's it's really right. easy for students to get to something like that. But that's a whole element of it that I, beyond just like, hey, how are you dealing with the gas prices is there's no router buses going from Fort Bragg to Middletown. And uh, hold on here. Let me, let me jump in here for a second. You guys, it, this topic Vince, you're bringing up here. I think you're bringing it up is could go a long ways. I mean, what do people do to watch sports and to watch their families and friends play sports? I'm saying right now, my mom and dad used to drive two, three hours from Jamestown, New York to Rochester and Syracuse to watch me play college basketball. Sure. I play the game. I go out in the lobby and say hello, and they drive two hours in a snowstorm. I just went to Orlando, Florida to watch my mom in a swim meet. I mean, come on here. It's unbelievable what people will do to watch sports. That just hit yeah, me like a... You, you, you gave out an award to parents for their their effort you did i mean for, for love of god you know the cal <laughs> winslow that. award absolutely i mean huh we had some we had some true for parents um but i think to jerry's point more is like 
Jerry and his five buddies getting in their car <laughs> and them driving over. You know, like parents are going to go out of their way for sure. That's true. It's it's your student uh, peers that you want to you want to see at the game when you're playing that you might not get to because of the the distance. Those had to be the Brent yeah. Moyer Brent Moyer days, Jared. If you were watching, right? Yeah, it was that team. It was yeah. the Brent Moyer, Jake Chimolino, that Fort Bragg team oh, that we yeah. were, that we that we pondered making the trade. I won't I won't go into details on the air about why we didn't end up going, but there was there was some reasons we ended up not taking that trip. <laughs> I can only imagine you needed a bus. That's what you needed. We did, yeah. We needed a we needed a router bus. We needed a fan bus. Oh goodness, Vince! What any, what else is going on? What what do you got? You're you're tuned into the sports world just as much as Jim and I. Anything else on your mind? I mean, you know, it's playoff time. Um, there really hasn't been anything outside of just the main sports that caught my eye this week, really. Um, so really, I mean, I'm just kind of tuned into the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, and uh, yeah, and just kind of seeing how those go. Um, Let me. Um, I don't know. Do you guys? Did you guys have any other crazy topics that you saw this week? I promised the guy, or just about three minutes ago, that he'd be next. Let me take this call, Vince. Listen up, if, and uh, we'll get back. Oh I had an answer oh, to Vince's okay. question too. We'll have to get back to that if we have a minute. You want to answer it first, Jeff? <laughs> no, no, it's it's fine. Let, we can get to yeah, right. but yeah. Hello, caller. Thanks for waiting. Well, I'm not a guy, but thank you for um, taking a break. This is a um, pledge break. Oh, good. KZYX is moving, and this particular pledge drive is going toward the purchase and equipmenting and converting to a radio station, the building in Ukiah. This particular um, pledge period is solely devoted to the new building fund because there's a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting which is covering operating expenses for the station for a month for a quarter. So, uh, Sportsphone has had a good run at helping to raise money for KZYX. And don't be discouraged, listeners. There are things you can do tonight. You can do something tomorrow. Tonight, you can pledge online at kzyx.org and there's a donate um, button, you can send a check to KZYX at Post Office Box 1, Philo, P-H-I-L-O, Philo, California, 95466, or you can text KZYX to 44321. Well, thank you. Or for... you can call tomorrow between 7 and 6 to 707-895-2323. That's 2233. Whatever it is, it's 2233. Whatever I said, it's 2233. 
Correct. 707-895-2233. Well, thank you for doing our pledge for us. We, we hope people call. We've got to raise a lot of money. I can't wait to go to the new station. Thank you very much. You're welcome, and thank you for the sports phone. We love the sports phone. Jerry, where were we? That that was good. I, I have two. Oh, yeah, that was great. No, no, no. As, as, as the caller mentioned, we had a lot of... Uh, yeah, so we're in the middle of this pledge drive, and you know, just because we're not able to take calls to to take donations during this show, uh, doesn't mean there aren't ways to do it either tonight or, or going into the to tomorrow. Um, so we Vince right before that call, and if we don't have a, a call, I want to get back to this. He asked kind of like any takeaways from what we've been seeing, like for like national sports stuff. Um, I had two, and one of them I think is a quicker quicker one than the other, but I'll get these both out quickly. Uh. If, if we have a second. So the first one was, I feel like hockey is finally getting more popular nationally. And the reason I say that is hockey has always kind of been relegated to NBC sports. And this year, the playoffs are in the regular season. We're on ESPN and also on TNT, which is where like the majority of basketball is shown for, for national basketball or for the NBA. So my first kind of takeaway, I haven't watched a lot of hockey playoffs, so I couldn't tell you what's going on in any of the series, but it's cool that it's finally getting more coverage and like it's kind of, it seems like it's getting more popular because ESPN and TNT aren't going to invest in that unless they think there's a good return on it. So I've been finding myself just kind of passively watching more hockey just because the playoffs are on channels that I, I tune into. So I think I don't. I couldn't like I said. I couldn't say anything about who's playing who in the playoffs right now. But I have definitely enjoyed just the fact that it's it's easier to watch. Um, and then I had one other. Unless you had something you wanted to say to that, Jim. No, I I just you know, I miss my days in college when I would watch. You know, mm-hmm. all I can say is there's nothing. It's like basketball, hockey, in that. Live is so much better than on television. And it's one of the few sports I'd say that about. I think baseball is better on television than live. I think football is way better on television than live. But um, hockey, you got to be there. That's all I can say. That was some of the most fun I ever had going to a live sporting event. I went and saw one Phoenix Coyotes game when I was living in Arizona. And the funniest thing about that, Jim, that I remember was it was right around now. So it's real hot in Arizona at this point in the year. And I remember my buddy texting me before I we went to the game. He's like, make sure you bring a sweatshirt. <laughs> and I go, why? It's 115 degrees outside. He's like, yeah, but they got to keep the ice cold in the arena. And he was not wrong. That it was a good thing I had that sweatshirt. Uh, it wasn't like ice cold in there, but it was it was cold. It was definitely a little bit on the chilly side. I don't know. Um, in the early seventies, when we went into Appleton Arena to watch St. Lawrence, that where I went to college in D one. I the least thing in our mind was if we were going to be cold. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I never even thought about that. We it was ten below zero outside, and it was fifty inside at the in the arena. So the in, the arena seemed seemed warm. It's a whole mm-hmm. whole different idea. You know, yeah. Vince also brought up. Um, do we think the NBA playoffs? Oh, I brought this up. Don't steal. Don't give Vince credit for this one. Oh, this that was my you. Question. Well, I'm, I'm this reading is my, my question. I'm reading my text wrong. Had the NBA playoffs okay. been more physical? I, I, don't steal my thunder. Can I ask my question? Go ahead. If you don't, if, okay. So, because this was, and I don't know if we have time to get into this. I don't know if we'll get any calls about it. But 
this was the other takeaway that I had specific to the NBA playoffs. But if, if anyone's got anything they want to talk about, got about seven minutes left on the show here. 707-895-2448. That's the number to call. So the question that I have large picture about watching the NBA playoffs is this an abnormally physical year in the playoffs, just in terms of like the physicality of the game, contact being let go, kind of hand-to-hand combat with players and like the way that they're engaging each other offensively and defensively? Is it more physical than it has been? Or is it what I believe is going on that the players are just getting softer in the sense of they are becoming more... Babies is the wrong word, but that's the only thing I can think of. Are are they becoming more apt to complain about contact? Like, there's especially in the Golden State Memphis series, which is the most local to us, there's been players ejected. There's been players calling each other dirty. There's been all this stuff. Is it truly been more physical and dirty, or is it just it is so off trend to where basketball is going? that players are just complaining about it. Well, I, I'm going to give you a short answer and then take a call. We're running out of time. We still have like six minutes left. I want to get as many calls as we can. But, Chair, mm-hmm. the interesting part of it is I think it's a little more physical, but you're still getting the calls and you're still getting ejected. You didn't get ejected before. You barely got free throws for some of those. Sure. So, so sure. I think maybe the answer is they think it's worth the penalty now Whereas for a lot of years, they figured, oh, I better not do that because I might get thrown out of the game. It seems like they don't care anymore. Hello, you're on the air. I, I don't know if they don't care anymore. I, I think it's, I think it's a, a better basketball when it's a little bit more physical, personally. Um, I, I think for a good chunk of time here recently, they've let, they've let it get a little too loose. And... They were calling every little tic-tac thing, every little touch-a-foul. At least now you can kind of bump, you can touch, you can a little bit, you know, like some of the flagrant stuff, that's going to be a flagrant no matter what. Now, like you said, Jim, they can actually upgrade it and eject somebody. So you don't see that kind of hard play very often. I think, and honestly, I don't know if those were intentional or not. They seem kind of just hard fouls. Right. So do you agree agree with him, Go ahead, Vince. Finish your thought. Finish your thought, Vince, then then I'll I'll jump in here. Well, I do want to say, too, like, I do think not so much softness, Jerry, but, like, the overall complaining and complaining and complaining. And then, you know, it's on social media. I think the NBA made a a conscious effort to be a little bit more, you know, let them play a little bit. Let them get through contact a little bit. Let's not have guys shooting 23 throws all the time. Um, And you saw Harden's numbers went down this year. Trey Young's numbers went down this year. Mm. You know they're still they're still calling fouls, but they're not calling everything a foul and putting guys on the line twenty times, which I think is good for basketball. I agree with that. I, I agree. I, I think that to, to Vince's point, I don't think I have seen anything in a playoff game where there was an intent to injure, right? And, and I think that's where I've been a little bit annoyed with some of the reactions by players and coaches. Where yeah. they're like, oh, that was a dirty play. He's trying to hurt him and blah, blah, blah. And because I, like, I, I don't buy that. Like, I remember Steve Kerr is the coach of the Warriors. He got up and said, oh, the Dylan Brooks play was dirty. There's no spot for that in the league. And I wanted to respond, like, you played on teams where that was a common thing. I know. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and I don't buy that there's an intent to injure. I think it's to kind of Vince's point of 
there's been so much people are so used to the game being not as physical that now that it is more physical, I think there's some people that just aren't used to it and their reaction is to complain where I'm with Vince. I don't think there's been anything that was an intent to hurt. I think the Dylan Brooks one, which is the biggest example in the Warriors Memphis series where Brooks just smacked uh, Gary Payton across the head. I don't think he was trying to hurt him. I think he was trying to block the shot. And I think he he knew he was going to get ejected. I think he accepted it. But I don't yeah. think there's any intent to hurt. I just think, to, to Vince's point, it's it's been a, abnormally physical for the, the way the game has trended and players aren't used to it and their reaction yeah. is to complain about it. All right, 30 yeah. seconds. Vince, you got 30. Then, Jerry, you got 30. Then we're off the air. Um, is it the players or the refs that have changed it? Vince? Oh, um, well, it starts with the refs. I mean, you know, the refs are going to, if you go into a game first five minutes, it's almost feeling out how the refs are going to call it. So the refs are calling it this way. So teams that can be and want to be more physical can now adjust and the players then take over and the players can push it to a line until the refs start calling it. And hopefully the refs are consistent the whole way through. But it starts with the refs. What do you think, Jer? Uh, I think it is the refs being instructed how to officiate playoffs uh-huh. games and and players not being quick enough to realize that it is going to be more physical because there's a lot of young players in the playoffs right now that aren't used to the game being this physical do you think like cuban yeah. and the other owners are getting together trying to no 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 i don't think it's anything like no, that I, I, adam silver no it, yeah it, it's, it it's like from, adam it silver and NBA people ground. that are kind of yeah. yes it, it's those people like hey it's the playoffs we're gonna let a bit let a little bit more go we're out of town guy we're out of time guys thanks vince hey, awesome always All right. always good guys thanks. thanks vince all right we're gonna wrap it up thank uh thanks once more time to tyler holt middletown baseball coach for joining us at the beginning of the show uh we'll be back next week that will be may 15th we'll talk to everybody then and thank you, Middletown. Yeah, it was a blast. This is the uh, the week of the Middletown calls. Thank you very much. I hope we get some new listeners. Uh, please send your money. Uh, we're trying to raise money. We're trying to build a new studio. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM. KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah, 91.5 FM. And Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org. And consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.